have questions? Do you need answers? The Pastor Study will help you find those answers through God's Word. Our teacher today is Pastor Tom Brock. The Pastor Study is sponsored by pastorstudy.org. So grab your Bible and join us for The Pastor Study. Well, welcome to the Pastor's Study. I'm Pastor Tom Brock, and we kind of have a different show today. This is Tom Pritchard of the Minnesota Family Council. Welcome, Tom. Good to be with you. And today we're going to talk about the whole homosexual marriage issue. Now, our program originates in Minneapolis, where this has become the big issue for this coming year. But I, now we have viewers. We've expanded our TV show to Iowa, North and South Dakota, uh, Nebraska, and also Illinois. So, Tom, uh, this issue, though, isn't just Minnesota-specific. <clears throat> For instance, tell us what our friends in Iowa have had to endure. Well, a couple of years ago, the Iowa Supreme Court uh, ruled that uh, their marriage law was unconstitutional because it limited it to a man and a woman, and basically threw that out and imposed uh, same-sex marriage on that state. On the whole state. Yeah, and interestingly enough, then the voters came back in 2010 and when those three of the judges were up or justices were up for re-election, uh, they were thrown out. So, do you think? So, how would they undo homosexual marriage in Iowa? Well, they're either going to have to pass a constitutional amendment, which is a very um, extensive process, or they're going to have to get another case up to the Iowa Supreme Court when they have a court which will be more friendly. Now, your group, the Minnesota Family Council, is fighting to get a constitutional amendment to protect from happening. I mean, what, they, what the liberals say on this is, well, marriage is not legal anyway for homosexuals in Minnesota, so why even bother with this? Why bother with it? Well, we just talked about it in Indeed. Iowa, and not only in Iowa, but many other states where the courts have uh, overturned their marriage laws, in a sense, having a few judges, uh, like, for instance, Massachusetts, four judges imposed on that state same-sex marriage redefinition. So we want to make sure that the voters, the people of Minnesota, have a say in this. And uh, our polls show that people really want to have a say in this. And if you're not from Minnesota, the good news is, finally, because we now have a Republican state Senate, finally we got it passed that the voters will be able to vote in Minnesota on this amendment when? Yeah, it'll go on the ballot in November of 2012, so it's about a year and a half down the okay, road. And and there's going to be a lot of money spent on both sides on this issue. I yeah, it's, it'll be a very uh, uh, debated issue, uh, and we're looking forward to it. We think it's important that people of Minnesota talk, have a conversation about this issue, and really talk about the importance of marriage. Well, let me tell you why we're doing this program. Last night, I turned on Channel 2 here in the Twin Cities, public television, paid for by our tax dollars. They had yet another homosexual show promoting homosexual marriage. They've never had a show on public television in the Twin Cities, giving the conservative viewpoint. It's always tilted toward the left. And with Oprah always promoting homosexuality, Ellen and her talk show always promoting homosexuality, and the sitcoms on ABC, CBS, etc. We wanted to do a program giving you the ability to know how to respond to some of this propaganda we get all the time. So Tom, I'm literally going to play the devil's advocate now. <laughs> and I'm going to uh, just ask you some questions. Let me, uh, question number one. Who does it hurt? It doesn't hurt heterosexual marriage. 
if you let two homosexuals get married. So who does it really hurt to let two homosexuals get married? Yeah, they oftentimes will say, well, how does it hurt your marriage? And I will say, well, I've never said it does hurt my marriage. But what it does is it redefines the institution of marriage, which is the foundation, the bedrock of society. And that has implications far beyond uh, just that definition or allowing a gay couple to get married. It redefines it for everybody. And we see in other states where it's had impact on what's taught in the schools, uh, the, the religious freedoms of individuals, uh, business owners. Uh, for instance, in New, in New Mexico, uh, a photographer was uh, approached by a, a lesbian couple to photograph their union ceremony. She says, I really can't out of conscience, and says, I'll refer you to some other photographers. Well, she was sued. Mm -hmm. Well, that would only increase in a situation where the law of the land is now recognized as same-sex marriage. So it, it has far-reaching repercussions. It sure does. In Boston, the Archdiocese of the Catholic Church had to close down their adoption and foster parent services because they were f being forced by the state to put children, orphans, into gay, lesbian couples' homes. So now they're, they're closed. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's ask this question, being the devil's advocate. Um, but who are you to take these people's rights away? Doesn't a man have a right to marry a man? Well, marriage has always been, and I think this is important to understand what the nature and purpose of marriage is. Marriage has always been between a man and woman throughout history. And the reason that is, is it's, it's rooted in who we are as human beings, that to have children, you have to have a mother and a father. You can't have a child without a mother and a father. And the state sees that as so important to the well-being of society. The next generation, it's the, uh, the bearing and the raising of children are done. The best, best environment is with a mother and a father, and the state has an interest in protecting that. Now, the, uh, when you redefine that, it, uh, it throws out the notion you need a mother and father. If, if marriage is defined as any two individuals, same-sex, opposite-sex, then the, uh, the state will now be promoting something different than that notion. In fact, it will be opposed to the notion that children need a mother and a father. Mm -hmm. And what, in fact, will come against those who will attempt to promote that notion. And, if we're and that's going to have wide-ranging repercussions on children. on children. And that's the reason the state has an interest in promoting marriage. And the reason we want to put this in to the people is that we can protect it from activist judges. The only way you can protect against the judges, let's say in Iowa, is to get a constitutional amendment in your state constitution. All right, devil's advocate again. But Tom, recent studies show that children are just as healthy raised by two men as a man, a man and a woman. Well, you have, you, first of all, you have to look at these studies that uh, they're very uh, recent. They're uh, not random studies. They're not scientifically based because you have so few couples. But uh, the evidence suggests that, frankly, within the, these uh, homosexual households, children are more likely to identify with homosexuality and lesbianism. Jody Foster. Because, you know, that's the role modeling. It, it makes sense. I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, even, even uh, gay, pro-gay organizations recognize that the nature of homosexuality is complex. It uh, has environmental factors. And when you have a gay couple, so, I mean, th those are factors well, so we need to consider. Well, so what's wrong with it? Maybe two men raising a little boy, maybe he's more uh, prone to become homosexual himself. What's wrong with being homosexual? Well, I, I guess I would back up and, and put the emphasis on what's in the best interest of children in terms of having a mother and a father. And I think gay and lesbian households, by definition, uh, eliminate a mother or a father. 
And I think the research is very clear that, that children need a mother and a father, and that's the reason the state has an interest in promoting that. Especially if you believe in a creator, which most Americans, most people do. God created us, male and female, to have children. And two males can't have a child, and so it doesn't make sense for, to call that a marriage and try to raise children in that atmosphere. What, what, oh, Tom, what about this? Um, who are you to put your religion into our Constitution? You need to keep your religion out of our state constitution. How do you respond to that? Well, people oftentimes uh, argue that but, uh, and say marriage is a religious institution, therefore we shouldn't even have it in our laws. But marriage is both a religious and a civil institution. It's recognized by all cultures, all societies throughout history. And uh, you don't have to be a religious person to recognize marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are many agnostic and atheist people who get married. Mm -hmm. and, and if they viewed that as just a religious institution, I'm sure they wouldn't go out and get married. And I think of communist Russia, which was atheist, red China, which is atheist, they didn't have gay marriage. So there are other reasons other than religious reasons for protecting marriage. Yeah, yeah I, th I think I want to point out, though, that this, this issue is not so much about homosexuality. It's about marriage, the institution of marriage, what's in the best interest of children and protecting that institution so that children have the best opportunity to grow up and flourish mm -hmm. and that's by having a mother and father so I guess I would emphasize the importance of marriage and protecting that institution because it's in the best interest of society and children. And long-ranging studies have shown that children always do best with a mother and a father in the home right. as opposed to two men or opposed to a single dad or a single mom children tend to do better in school and everything am I not right on that well it's just yeah I, I think it's just the nature of who we are that and you know there are probably a lot of uh, single parents listening and it's this isn't to put down single parents mm -hmm. in fact single parents realize how better it than is. anybody how, how difficult it is, it is to yeah. raise a child by yourself so yeah. but so I think and the, the purpose of the law is to promote what's um, going to promote the, the common good the ideal, the standard we all want to hold up, and right. that's children being raised by their biological parents. Another argument from the more liberal point of view, well, you know, we used to ban interracial marriage and not let a white person marry a black person, and we got over that bigotry. Why can't we get the, over the bigotry of letting a man marry a man? What's your response to that? Yeah, people often argue, well, marriage is evolving. But I think if you look more closely, that analogy really breaks down because, in fact, the ban on interracial marriage and the effort to redefine marriage through recognizing same-sex unions as marriage are both anti-marriage. And the reason is, is the ban on interracial marriage artificially kept apart certain men and women based on the color of their skin, which is a neutral, morally neutral, immutable trait. So they, that artificially kept apart individuals, men and women, from marriage. So that was anti-marriage. Well, same-sex marriage redefines the institution by eliminating the idea that a man and woman is integral to the understanding of marriage. Mm -hmm. So they were both anti-marriage, but I, 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 think, I think this is important for people to realize that where this goes ultimately, because uh, if same-sex marriage is legalized, recognized, those who support traditional marriage will be viewed as the new bigots and mm -hmm. racist, mm -hmm. and they will be treated that way. Mm -hmm. And by society, and in fact, the state it's will. Already started. In fact, the state will. Yeah, it's already started. But now they'll have the force and the power of the of law the behind them, 
pushing that on people. And so I think people need to realize the repercussions of redefining marriage. And it's not a kind of a live and let live thing, you know, where if a gay couple wants to get married, they can get married. No, this changes the whole institution, well, and the state will now have a vested interest in promoting and uh, this new understanding of marriage and, in a sense, fighting against anything which would challenge that. In Maine, recently, they passed a transgendered law in Maine that men who dress as women and women who dress as men can use whatever bathroom they want. Some in the legislature there are trying to undo that because people wanting to protect their bathrooms and not letting a little girl be in a restroom with a man uh, are, are seeing that people should let the biological sex, not the person's perceived sex, but the biological sex determine that to protect children and without a lawsuit from the government. So even as this stuff unrolls, it just gets stranger and stranger. Well, I think by definition, if you redefine marriage to eliminate the need for a man and a woman, it becomes, you're basically promoting a genderless society. Mm -hmm. the, the notion that there is no difference between men and women, and that's not true. I and mean, obviously that doesn't mean you can't promote equal rights in terms of access to jobs and other things, but to, to try to obliterate the notion that there is a difference and that in fact children need both a mother and a father because they both bring unique things in the life of the child is really important and, okay. and that's one of the consequences. If you redefine marriage, you're going to basically have the state imposing that new vision on society. All right, another devil's advocate question, but isn't marriage all about love? It doesn't matter if you're male or female, just as long as you love each other. What would you say to that? Well, I think again that's, that's kind of a subtle way, maybe not so subtle way, of trying to redefine what marriage is. Mm -hmm. Marriage certainly involves a loving, committed relationship, but it also, integral to that definition, is a man and a woman. And when you, when you eliminate that notion and just say it's a loving, committed relationship, you've really redefined it radically. And, and the implications of that go far beyond just allowing two individuals of the same sex to marry. Well, what about polygamous relationships yes. where you may have a loving, committed relationship between multiple individuals, or let's say uh, a parent and their adult child, mm -hmm. or two siblings. Those can also be defined as loving, committed relationships. So are they marriage? Uh, They're not. Right. It's, yeah. Those aren't marriage. I, and I think that for people need to realize that the issue here is protecting the integrity of the institution of marriage. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, they, they bring in other issues like hospital visitation Let's, and things. All right, there's another one. How can you deny someone letting their gay lover be at their bedside while they're dying? How can you deny that? Well, clearly I think they should have the right to visit. Anybody should be able to decide who can visit them, whether in a hospital or uh, make medical decisions for them. But you don't have to redefine marriage to do that. You can address those issues. In fact, you can do it now under law that you can... Uh, designate a person to visit you in the hospital mm -hmm. or you can have designate somebody to make your medical decisions and that's true for a wide yeah. range of people whether yeah. or not you're gay or lesbian it can be any two individuals so you don't have to redefine marriage to ensure that people can visit them in, when they're in the hospital. Tom, let's one more devil's advocate question then we'll get elsewhere. Why do you hate homosexuals? Aren't you filled with hate with your viewpoint? That's oftentimes people say that, but this isn't an issue of hate. No, this is, is an in issue of what, what can we do to promote the best interests of children and the well-being of society. And, uh, and that's, I'll, and that's I'll ensuring. Add for, and I'll add for the homosexual as well. I mean, I'm going to, you kind of have to work in the secular realm, but I'm in the religious realm, and I can say this. The Bible teaches homosexual behavior is a sin. 
it hurts your relationship with God. First Corinthians 6 says homosexuals and fornicators, idolaters, won't go to heaven. So it's a huge deal that people repent from this behavior. And not only for eternity, but even in this life, the diseases, the shortening of life by the homosexual behavior. So I think, I think there are good loving reasons to urge people lovingly to turn away from that lifestyle, that behavior that doesn't help them spiritually or physically. Um, but again, that's that's a different issue than what's at stake right. here with the marriage that's my, amendment. That's me talking here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the marriage amendment is designed to give people the right to vote on the definition of marriage. Do we want to protect it in our state constitution? And we would argue that we do because it, this is such a fundamental institution. Mm -hmm. It's it's key to the well-being of society, and it shouldn't be decided by a handful of judges or even a handful of legislators. Yeah. That this is really fundamental to the well-being of our society, and, the good news, and it should be protected. The good news is that every state that has been able to vote on it has kept marriage marriage. Yeah, uh, 30, uh, 30 states have passed constitutional, 30 out of 30 states have really? passed constitutional amendments, so wow. Minnesota would be the 31st state. Okay, all right. What do you think is going to happen in Minnesota? Do you think we'll be... Oh, I, I, I think it will pass. Okay. I think obviously it's going to be a, uh, you know, be a lot of work, and, and uh, I, think, I think it's good for the state in a sense. Now, some people argued, well, this isn't good, it's going to cause a lot of emotion and tension, but you know, this is a pretty key thing for the, the future of our state, uh, the well-being of our state. And so I think it's important for the whole state to be involved in the discussion. Now I think we have to uh, put aside the name calling and the personal attacks mm -hmm. and just look at the issue and why this is important. But uh, I think it will pass. I think the people of Minnesota, uh, when they hear the arguments from both sides, will come to the conclusion that yes, we do want to protect the institution of marriage, that it is uniquely a man and a woman, and we think it should be protected in our Constitution yeah. and shouldn't be radically redefined. This is a radical departure from history of Western civilization. Indeed it is. And I know you've been attacked. I've been attacked because I take a stand against this. Why do you think this, this issue makes people so angry? What's behind all that? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think people feel like you're denying them a, rec a recognition in society that uh, they deserve. Um, but again, I would argue, hey, marriage has always been a man and a woman. Yeah, you can and call an orange an apple, but it's still a... a yeah, exactly. You know. I mean, people say this is not a creation of the state. The state didn't, uh, or the government did not create marriage, the institution of marriage. It existed before, it's pre-political, it's pre-government. It existed even before governments were formed. Before you had a government, you had a man and a woman that created a child. Indeed. And, and so, you know, this is not something we can redefine. Basically, the state is recognizing what already exists and protecting it. Yes. And that's for the, the well-being of society, all of society, not just, uh, you know, couples getting married, but children. And I would argue gay and lesbians as well, because a healthy society, uh, you know, is, is good for all people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What can somebody, let's say somebody is not in Minnesota or uh, they're in Iowa or they're in North or South, what can somebody do to try to protect marriage in their state? Well, I think they need to realize that uh, you, know, you, you brought up what's happening in the media. There's been attacks on the media. I mean, you look at the media entertainment and there's, I mean, what sort of families do we see? They're Ugh, dysfunctional. That's horrible. They're, they're crazy. Yeah. And uh, we need to... And often the only sane character on the show is the homosexual character. I mean, that's, it's so slanted in the sitcoms, but go ahead. But I, I think we have to restore a culture of marriage. And I think we have to start in our own lives, with our own marriages, if we're married. We have to start in our churches and our communities. 
and we have to start restoring a culture of marriage and, and realize the integrity of marriage, the commitment between a, a, a man and woman for a lifetime is really vital to their, our, their health and well-being, but also future generations. So we have to begin to restore it. Now, mm -hmm. in your state, you know, in Iowa, for instance, there is a, it is a political issue, it is a legal issue, and, and people need to be involved with where their candidates stand on the mm -hmm. issues. Um, so that's something, but even beyond that, in other states which already have marriage amendments, that's not the ultimate answer. The no. ultimate answer is working within your communities to help restore yeah. a culture of marriage. And you know, I want to say to people that are watching this that maybe struggle with homosexuality themselves, you don't have to give in to it. And I would encourage you, if you've got the homosexual struggle, you get tempted that way even strongly, uh, Google International, excuse me, Google Exodus International. Many people have come out of this lifestyle. Some get into marriage and have children. Some just stay single and some, some still get tempted, some don't. But it's, it's a lifestyle God doesn't want us to get into. It's unhealthy and there is a way out. People happily leave the homosexual lifestyle. You'll never hear Oprah talk about that. You'll never have Ellen DeGeneres have somebody on her show who's left this lifestyle and is so much healthier and happier uh, because the devil runs the media these days. But Exodus International, if you struggle with this, and they have, there's all kinds of support groups all over America where if you struggle with same-sex attraction, you can join one of those. So. Um, Tom, tell us, uh, if people want to get more information about this from you and your uh, Minnesota Family Council, how do they do that? Well, there's lots of information on the Internet. Uh, our web page is mfc.org, and also there'll be um, a group we'll be starting in Minnesota, Minnesota for Marriage, which will be addressing the issue, and they'll have resources available. But also there's lots of resources from national organizations. Is there a, is there a statewide group in Iowa that's fighting this? Yeah, I, there is, but I don't know the name of okay. the organization. All right, in in the others, like California, they they voted on this. It was a big hubbub, and the pro traditional marriage forces won. Was it close? Uh, they won by a, about fifty two and a half. It was about five percentage points, which was very interesting in California. It was the year Barack Obama kind of won in a landslide in California, but still they 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 passed a marriage amendment. So. For those who say, well, I don't know, liberal Minnesota can pass a marriage amendment, I don't agree. I think and you we know, can and will. And on this, I think the black churches supported traditional marriage because they tend to you know, vote Democrat, but on this, they voted for traditional marriage. Yeah, I mean, the black community helped pass the marriage amendment in California. Seventy percent of the black community voted in favor of traditional marriage. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, this cross, cuts across all racial, ethnic, religious lines, uh, Muslim, Jew, Christian, yeah. black, white, Hispanic, Asian. You know, there's, this, is, uh, this is, cuts across the community that people do support traditional marriage and realize the importance of it. Now, you're asked to speak at various churches and functions and such. Uh, where it gets confusing is when the church becomes the world. And the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church uh, USA, the Presbyterian Church USA, and the ELCA Lutheran Church have all caved, from my point of view, and they've affirmed loving, committed homosexual behavior. Some of them have gone as far as to say we need to have homosexual marriage. When you are doing your lobbying work down at the state capitol, who are your friends and who are your enemies on this issue? Can I ask? Well, I just mentioned, I, you know, it cuts across racial, ethnic lines. Uh, uh, you know, frankly, a lot of those mainline Protestant groups don't have a lot of influence. I mean, they're, they're shrinking. They're shrinking, and they've they've basically compromised their moral voice by uh, going off, you know, 
on something which is clearly violates the tenets, the historical understandings uh, of the, the Christian faith. Indeed. So they, do, I mean, they aren't. Uh, I don't think they carry a lot of political weight in the culture. But you know, obviously, they do influence people in the culture, which is harmful. But I, I think on the other hand, you see, as you pointed out, a lot of people start leaving because they've ba basically. Mm -hmm. uh, compromise the fundamentals of their faith. And can I ask you, this might be interesting for our our listeners, I mean Tom, you'll go to Carleton College, which is very liberal, and you'll debate down there on this issue. And what does that look like? Are people angry? Are they polite? How does that, I mean, tell me you about You know, that. I think most of the time people are very reasonable, you know, and they, they may disagree. Um, you know, occasionally you might get somebody, but I think most people, most people want to engage in a civil discussion. Good. Good. I mean, there are some people who don't want to reason. They just want to, you know, call you names and yeah. attack you personally. But, you know, I, I think our goal for this debate and not debate, but really a conversation in Minnesota is to really get out the issues. What is marriage? Mm -hmm. What is the nature of marriage? Mm -hmm. Why is it important? Why is it even in state law? You know, and, and let's discuss those things. And I think once we do, we'll realize marriage is foundational to the well-being of society. The state has an interest in protecting marriage between a man and a woman. And yeah. I think as a result, people will support voting to place it in our state constitution. Well, can we put on the screen the Minnesota Family Council, the mfc.org, uh, if you want to get more information. Their phone number in Minneapolis, 612 789 8858, is that right? That's our uh, fax number, 8811. 8811, so you forget the 8858. 612-789-8811, mfc.org. And you know, Tom, uh, I will tell you this. I have, because I've taken a stand also against homosexual marriage, um, I get a fair amount of, Tom, you're so filled with hate. You know, and, and you know, what do you say back to that? Well, I, I think our response should not be anger or bitterness. Uh, and backwards. Backwards. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I think those who disagree with us, we respond respectfully. And uh, I, I think sometimes that results from frustration. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I think oftentimes when one doesn't have a good argument, you engage in name-calling yeah. and you start harassing and you just blow back with name-calling. And that really doesn't serve any good. So and be, and I think our response just needs to be, hey, let's... Loving, humble, but we still stand for the truth, yeah. and, and we don't let people's emotions sway us. No, we need to do what's right, right. because uh, we need to go beyond this to understand that, that what's involved. This isn't discrimination. Mm -hmm. This is protecting the institution of marriage, protecting it from being radically redefined, which will have negative consequences on society and the well-being of children. Thanks, Tom, so much for being with us. Glad and, to be with you. And everybody, pray for our nation. Boy, do we need help. I also speak on this issue, and, and or I, come, I can come and speak at your church uh, anywhere in, like, the five-state area. So if you need a, a speaker on Sunday morning or at a church event, you can call me. If you need Tom Pritchard, you can call the Minnesota Family Council. Our phone number will be at the end. God bless you, everybody. Pray for America, and we'll see you next time on The Pastor's Study. Thank you for tuning into the Pastor's Study. We ask, would you pray for our ministry as we seek to spread the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ? And would you pray about supporting this ministry?
Our address is The Pastor Study, 5200 Emerson Avenue North, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55430. Our website is pastorstudy.org. And our phone number is 763-260-4484. May God richly bless you and join us next week at the same time as we study God's Word. Until then, may the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you.